Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 15. After our usual segments of In the Kitchen and Movement Makeover, we will be discussing mindfulness in motherhood. If you would like to submit a question, head on over to realmomsreallife.com. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Welcome, Andrea. Hello, how are you? I'm good. So we are having a snow day. I just showed you uh, yeah. the, the squall. That's actually, I'm actually kind of glad because we were supposed to get 5 to 8 yesterday and then 12-ish today. Gosh. And we got like two inches yesterday and the roads are clear. So nice. I canceled patience and I shouldn't have. So the fact that it actually is like really snowing right now and visibility is probably bad makes me feel a little better about being stuck at home. So, um, yeah, what's yeah, going on looks, with you? That looks pretty bad. Um, um, not, well, let's see what is going on with me. I don't know if I mentioned, I am in the middle of becoming a certified life coach so I'm like getting to the end of my program, which is ex- really exciting, and it's like really fun stuff. So that's awesome. Um, that's been totally fun. personally curious because I was thinking I did some research, and you really don't need a certification to call yourself Mm-mm. a life coach. So are you getting are you getting some really useful stuff out of it? The certification, yes, process? hugely. I kind of the reason why is because I knew you didn't need a certification either so I was kind of like calling myself a life coach in in some ways I was kind of toying with it here and there just because the way I've moved into my nutritional therapy practice really is a life coaching perspective and I was like I don't know I just feel kind of weird calling myself that without the certification so I looked into some and I will be totally honest I found a course on I don't know how to pronounce it Udemy U-D-E-M-Y dot com. It's like it, it, they have like all kinds of online courses basically. And it was, it was like one of those things where I'm like on my phone while like nursing at midnight and it like popped up as an advertisement in Facebook because Facebook knows everything I do. And they're like, clearly you want to become a life coach. And I'm like, yes, I do. Thanks Facebook. And it was like some, you know, super really heavily discounted course, which I feel like every time I log on, they're all like super really heavily discounted. And I was like, <laughs> I feel like really embarrassed to admit that this course was like nineteen ninety nine, but I was like, this is going to be a shit course, but at least I can like say I'm certified. <laughs> it is so good. Like I am so impressed with it. Like I literally thought it was going to be some like dumb thing that was just like, all right, get through the modules. I don't know how other courses are on the website, so I cannot speak to anything else. But so my course I'm doing is through Kane Ramsey. And like, I just really resonate with him. The information he gives is like so valuable. Like, I cannot believe I only paid $19.99 for this course. I mean, and I think the course is like originally 200 bucks. Like, I feel like he could easily charge $5,000 for it. And I'd be like, this is totally worth it. Like, it's amazing. Like, and I'm not even through, like, there's just so much information and it's really really useful information like I feel like every lecture I'm like oh my god I need to like write everything down you know what I mean there's like not a lot of fluff he's like some Scottish guy he's like really funny and entertaining um I don't know he just like seems like super down to earth I I I really am loving it and so it's like I I highly recommend if anyone's like even interested in life coaching like look it up like you don't need anything to take the course that like probably is like on there for like 1999 right now like and you definitely learn a lot about yourself in the process so 
Well, I was going to say, even people that are, um, you know, possibly interested in life coaching for themselves, it, mm-hmm. if for a course that might, they might be able to get on sale for nineteen ninety nine. that's cheaper uh, yeah. than any life coach that you can get. So, you know, using it and using it on yourself and then, hey, you know, especially for people that are, you know, part of the, my market is to people that are, kids are like going off to school and they're trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. Like, mm-hmm. hey, let's start here if this is something that you're passionate about. So I'll, um, I'll link to it and no, in no way sponsored really, but I will link to yeah, it. Yeah, no, not notes. at all. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah. That's what I've been up to. Well, let's move on to our in the kitchen tips. And my tip for this week is to have protein powder on hand. Now, depending on your body tolerance, it's going to depend on what kind of protein powder that you want to have on hand. My husband has a whey protein powder that's a grass-fed whey that has it's vanilla and I think it has stevia in it but that are the only like three ingredients so that is my biggest recommendation when you're looking for a protein powder is try three or less ingredients if you want it sweetened and you want it flavored go for it you know ideally I like the plain ones but hey this is not for me to say like you should be drinking protein powder on a regular basis but if you're nursing and you've got other kids and you're miss you might miss a meal and you can throw some protein powder and if you even have like some kale and fruit in the freezer and a a milk kind of milk that you tolerate somewhere your smoothie is made and that's like a complete meal especially if it's like a full fat coconut milk you've got some fat you've got some protein some fruits and vegetables so you've got the carbs so it's nice to just have that as an option. I tend to not always do as well with the whey protein, so I will use um, collagen protein, which I really like because I can just mix it in with my coffee or my tea. It is not a complete protein, so it's not ideal if you're looking to like beef up your muscles after a workout, but it's it's great for me as in almost kind of sometimes as like a mid-morning snack if I feel like breakfast wasn't enough that day or um, and there's a lot of added benefits as well. So that's my recommendation for the week. Uh, that is so perfect because I'm going to share a quick story about that. It just happened two nights ago. I was making a roast in our Instant Pot and that like needed to cook for like 55 minutes because it was like going to like shred really nicely. And I like am really OCD about checking to make sure that venting thing is on the right thing, uh, you know, the right setting. Cause I've done it wrong before, especially with something that's 55 minutes. So I checked like three times and I was like, yes, it is on the right setting. And then my husband came in. He's like, it kind of seems like it's steaming a lot. And I'm like, no, it just does that. And I like, didn't even walk over and recheck because I'm like, I know that I checked this thing. Okay. So 55 minutes goes up. I go to click it off and the thing wouldn't move. Like it was like stuck in that place. Like the whole like thing was like really like popped up and I'm like, what the hell? So finally I kind of like punched it down and then click it over and no steam released. And I'm like, mother effer. <laughs> so my roast <laughs> did not cook. It was like sort of, it was like, so like I like could like cut it open and it was like sort of cooked, but it was like so hard to like even cook with like a steak, you know, or cut with even a steak knife. And it was like almost eight o'clock at this point. And I'm like, oh my God, well, shit, we have no dinner. Because that was going to be our dinner for the next, like, three nights. And so I had a protein shake. <laughs> so I put it back on, and now we have it for the rest of the week. I have no idea what happened. It was, like, really weird. That pop-up thing was just – I have no clue. We, but anyways, yes. We will have once in a while, if it's, like, not exactly on mm-hmm. sealing mode, it won't fully seal, or 
it'll like seal but the timer won't click on so i'm surprised that it like didn't really seal but the timer still went down it was yeah that's that's interesting to me but um yeah my husband's really good about making sure to wash the seal regularly i don't always wash the seal i like i'll rinse the lid and wash the lid but i don't like take the seal off and wash Uh, it um but depending on how often you use it maybe you want to check the seal yeah, I like literally just put the cap, uh, like the lid right back on and like just clicked it over again and just turn it back on and it works. I have no idea. But anyways, having the protein powder in hand was very valuable. And I use pea protein for anyone wondering because both my husband and I don't do dairy. Um, so we have pea protein. We find that that one is pretty tolerable taste wise and um, easy to find, not too expensive. So yeah, I, I like pea protein as well. I ran out recently. Mm-hmm. Our I don't think you guys have Trader Joe's, but Trader Joe's used to have like a really nice, oh, clean. Oh, you you knew Trader yeah. Joe's before you left. We absolutely have Trader Joe's here. Oh, you I do? would okay, not yeah. be living here if we didn't have Trader Joe's. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you don't have Wegmans, so you know. We don't. <laughs> All right. So, what's our move and makeover for the week? All right. So mine is to consider getting a sandbag. I recently took a training with the sandbags and like it was just so amazing for getting core engaged. I was kind of thinking it would be like, oh, sandbag training, like heavy lifting and stuff and just like basically a substitute for a barbell, which it can be and it's amazing for that too. But I was really, really impressed with the way the smaller sandbags can be used to actually like assist core exercises and really help people feel their core without having to try so hard. So for me personally, I am a physical therapist. So I obviously just have a lot of awareness around that. And I am able to kind of know when I'm engaging my core correctly. But it does take a lot of mental effort with the cues that they were giving with the sandbag training and the positions they put us in. It's like, if you're following the easy cues of like pressing your feet into the ground, you know, it'd be something really simple like that. All of a sudden, like, I'm like, holy crap, my like whole core is so engaged, like even more engaged than I ever thought it could be. Um, so, and it just, t- it just took a lot less effort to get there. Um, even though the exercises are obviously effortful, <laughs> but, uh, it's just been really fun. I've been integrating it into my day. I like literally just have a sandbag on the play on the floor of my play, maybe baby's play area. And just like, throw in a few exercises here and there um, just to engage my core and get myself ready for the day. And then for a more intense workout, I've been using the sandbag instead of the barbell because I feel like, again, it's, it kind of forces you to have good form with a barbell. I can like, especially deadlifts, like I can muscle through a deadlift and get pretty heavy without my core or lats being fully engaged, which I know isn't good, but I, just like to lift heavy weights sometimes. So I do it anyways. Um, with a sandbag, like, I mean, you could still muscle your way through it if you really want to, but it's a little bit harder to, and it's a lot easier to engage your lats, engage your core with the way it's just set up. So, um, anyways, it's been a lot of fun. I, the training I took is through like ultimatesandbag.com. You don't need to do their specific training or anything. I think they have like DVD videos or you can like follow them on Instagram for exercise ideas. And the sandbags are like not that expensive. So it's like a really awesome tool uh, to have if you want like something in your home gym or your living room. I, I've been loving watching your videos of you doing it. Um, 
it's been really enjoyable and very motivating. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like fun. Probably post-pregnancy, not something that I'm going to do uh, anytime soon. So, but my husband just got a kettlebell and I was kind of thinking of, he's really enjoying that with like the one arm stuff. So I saw you using some one hand things with the sandbag and I, I'm all in. I was like, Oh man, I don't need kettlebells. I want I want one of those. Totally. And you could honestly, I actually was thinking like, I was like, I wish I actually had this during my pregnancy just because the, the, I, I think I made a video, but I haven't posted it. The core exercises that are, are like really, really gentle and so there's a lot of like quadruped work that you're barely even moving and it's like, oh my God, my core is so engaged right now. So it really actually, I feel like you could do like a, you know, birth fit could make a whole sandbag training and it just makes it a lot easier, I think, for people to feel their core, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'll ponder it. I'll yes. Ponder. It's not as, yeah, I feel like people think sandbag, oh my God, it's super intense and it's like, it doesn't need to be. It can be. It does not need to be though. I'm still, I'm still enjoying the yoga train. I kept, I was like, oh, keep I'm, doing that. Yeah. I'm going to do, I'm going to do squats again to prepare. And I'm like, I just, my body is telling me yoga right now. And I'm chasing and chasing my kid and, you know, getting on the floor with the, my clients. And it's like, I think just, just my body needs to stretch. Yeah. You got to listen to that for sure. So, all right. So we talked a lot about mindfulness last week and we talked about our definitions of mindfulness and how to improve mindfulness and today we wanted to talk about how mindfulness plays a part in our lives kind of related to motherhood so there's a lot of different parts of motherhood um i would say the first one that that i would like to discuss is sort of parenting and and you know if you are fortunate enough to be a co-parent to have a spouse or a partner that you are parenting with i think that there's a lot of stuff that can go on and things to be mindful is there do you want to start off with that andrea sure yeah i feel like as parents or co-parents or you know partners you have to get on the same page. And I think that requires a lot of mindfulness around that. Um, I feel like I'm just super lucky with my husband because he is, unless he feels like it's really wrong, like it's kind of like, okay, whatever you say, I'll do. (laughs) And I'll like change my mind and be like, why are you doing that? He's like, last week it was this way. I'm like, well, this week it's this way. I changed my mind. And he's like, okay, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) But um, so I, 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 I'm very fortunate that my husband pretty much goes along with with most things pretty easily. But there's definitely a few areas where, you know, we definitely need to sit down and have a conversation about what we want to do. Like we are definitely having a conversation around like sleep training and how we wanted to proceed with that. And I think where I think being mindful of where your partner is coming from is so important Um, and not getting really like stuck in like the one thing that you want, just being able to like consider what their, how they were parented, how they feel about how they were parented, what their beliefs are around parenting is all just really important. So I think before, when, like when I was pregnant, I feel like we had a lot of conversations around it. So it set us up for like, by the time he was born, we were like already on the same page. We really like talked about our parenting styles, how we wanted to raise him. And 
I don't know, to me, if you're on the same page with that, then it makes the other discussion so much easier because everything goes back to like, okay, well, we agreed that we wanted to parent this way. So, you know, in this case, how are we going to achieve that goal? If that makes sense. Definitely. And I will say that my husband and I didn't talk about parenting ahead of time. We both have, we've talked a lot really recently and in about kind of our values and what things that we want our daughter to know and how we want her to see the world or experience the world, what we want her to be open to. That's definitely been more recent conversations. I would say a lot of the first year, and it's probably because, you know, I've been a pediatric physical therapist for six years, so my husband definitely deferred to me a little bit for a lot of that kind of early on stuff. But now once we started getting into the tantrums and the attitudes and the passion and the, you know, the good, all the good and the, and the, uh, challenges that, that there are, we've had to have more conversations. And the biggest thing for me is we talked, I admitted last night, last time in my personal life, I'm a much more just like, like on the attack and my husband, when I come at him on the attack, he just shuts down. So, I have learned and we have learned that to have a conversation, it needs to be, we both need to be open. We both need to be kind of on the defense a little bit and not aggressive because the other, like, if he gets aggressive at me, I fight back. And so being mindfulness for me has been understanding that the way that he likes to discuss things and like actually the other night we had we wanted to, I wanted to have a good discussion about something and I like to discuss things right after they happen because they're fresh in my mind he would rather process them but I knew that I wasn't going to go to bed that night if we didn't discuss it first so I was like hey I need to talk about this right now he's like I don't want to and I was like we need to talk about it and he was not happy about it but we did I came in a very like, hey, give me information. What are you feeling? What are you coming? Where are you coming from with this? How can we resolve this? How can we improve? What are strategies that we can improve for this? So he and I meet once. Well, we try to. It's always on Wednesdays. and We always have snow days on Wednesdays. So um, (laughs) we try to meet and talk about things that like things we have for each other to do or what's on our next list. We have like this. Um, I don't know, this planning list. It's like, these are all the things that we want to do. This stuff's ready to do. This is the stuff we're working on, and this is the stuff that's done. And we sign it to each other and talk about our budget and all those things. I said, maybe we talk about parenting. Like, not every day, but, like, maybe that's a really good time because, no, we both know that at 8.30, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, whatever time the kid went to bed, is not the ideal time to talk about it because emotions run a lot higher then. So setting out time, being mindful of how your partner has that conversation and wants to have that conversation and just going in with an open mind I really it's not perfect (laughs) and it probably never will be but um I think the fact that we're willing to have those conversation and, and in my opinion having a little bit of an argument about it is better than holding it in and we both really agree with that so even if it's not you know quite calm and cool and collected every time we do ultimately have that conversation and we're aware of each other's feelings and we try to be aware of where each other's coming from and I'll say like my husband and I had very different upbringings and sometimes I'm like I want to blame his upbringing for a way he's certain he's like uh-uh don't go there don't pull that card this is just 
I, you know, it's like, I prefer this over this. And I was like, but I don't like this. And it's so it's a discussion. And we, the bottom line, though, is that we share those same values of what we want our kid to know and understand so that we know that, yeah, if we're trying to get our child to listen, you know, not run away from us in the middle of the mall, like, you know, safety concerns, there are certain ways that we're going to respond in a quick situation and we just have to respect that the other, we're both just trying to keep the kids safe. Totally. I love that. Yeah. That's such a good point. And yeah, I feel like being on the same page about your values is so important and just, yeah, respecting that there might be different ways to go about that from each parent. As long as you guys are on the same page, I think that's still a lot more difficult if you are not on the same page about the values, but then that needs to be, yes, a very specific conversation that happens. And definitely I'd recommend if you're able to, to have that, you know, when you're pregnant or prior to baby being born, if that's possible. If not, there's never a bad time for that conversation. Um, but I love what you're saying about like meeting with your husband and getting on this, um, like talking about things that are coming up. It's just funny because I feel like there's certain things that can like trigger one person and the other person has like zero idea. So like earlier this week, my husband for like the 5,000th time does all the dishes and then leaves like the baby like bottle out. Cause every now and then my nanny will just like leave the bottle in his room and like it doesn't ever get clean. Um, because you know, he just doesn't, didn't finish it. So she leaves it there for him just in case he wants it for later where we want to try to give it to him later. And I'll like leave it out all weekend, like hoping my husband will clean it. And it like triggers me so much that he doesn't clean it. Cause I'm like, I freaking have to feed the child every day for my boobs. And I have to pump and I have to clean my goddamn pump parts every day. Like, and now I have to clean the damn bottle, which is like a slap in the face that like I was at work and couldn't even be there to feed him. You know what I mean? And he like, and I like finally was like, and like normally I kind of just like quietly clean it because I'm like, okay, it's really not that big of a deal. It's just a bottle. Like it takes two seconds to clean. So like I know that I'm I'm very aware and mindful that I'm being very unnecessarily triggered by it. But this weekend I was like, dude, why do you always leave the bottle out? Like, is there a reason for that? And I asked him, I actually asked them a lot calmer than I just said that. I was like, you know, like I'm just trying to understand. Is there a reason why you just always leave this bottle out? And he goes, oh, I like didn't even, I don't really see it. He's like, I just know I'm supposed to do the dishes and like, I don't think of the bottle as a dish. And I was like, oh, okay, well, can you clean it? Cause it kind of like triggers me. I feel like I'm responsible for all his feeding and I like get kind of annoyed when I have to clean up bottle too. He's like, yeah, sure. No problem. <laughs> like it was like, so not a big deal. And he'll like probably, I mean, I don't know that was just last week, but he'll like probably clean it up now that I've said that, you know what I mean? Like, and here I was for like weeks, like being like, ah. One more thing for, and I just like getting like super triggered about it. And it was like such a dumb thing. And like, he had zero bad intention behind it, you know? And like, I knew he probably didn't, but I don't know. There's just things like that where it's like when you just get those things out in the open and don't let them fester and have that conversation, it just makes things so much easier. That, um, it resonates so well. I actually just read an article. It was written by a, a, man who recently I don't know how recently but had a divorce and he says you know my wife divorced me for leaving a dish by the sink and it was because a lot of times a person will put a uh, an emotional value on something so it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that there's a bottle left on next to the sink it's that well because there's a bottle there that means you don't value 
all that I do for my child. And, you know, there's that whole, I don't, you know, my, the often go to or the thing I hear from partners, you know, whether it's male or female, there's usually one that's kind of taking over the primary role of caregiving, feeding, what have you. And it's, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the woman, but if there are women, there's a woman breastfeeding, that, that might be the case. But that primary caregiver is like, on top of everything there, keeping everything in their brain. And the other person just says, well, just ask me to do something. And it's like, but I don't want to have to ask. Like once I have to ask, it was probably just faster for me to do it myself. And that's really hard. I think for me, I had to accept the fact that it's okay to ask. Now I get a little irritated if I ask and then it doesn't happen. But I do, I no longer, and I used to, I no longer get frustrated about having to ask. And I say, I can ask. I'm allowed to ask. I don't have to do it all myself. And I will ask. And most of the time, 99.9% of the time, it gets done. And if I ask, I allow it to be done in the time frame that is of the person I ask. So I think we should switch on a little bit to uh, other caregivers. So I wanted to talk. I got some advice pretty early on. I want to say when I was pregnant and it said, if somebody else is watching your child, don't worry about it. So, you know, we're nutrition people. So we care about what we feed our kids, right? You know, there are certain things like, okay, well, if your kid's allergic to peanuts, you don't want Nana to give baby a Reese's peanut butter cup. I get it. That's a safety concern. And when it comes to safety, no, you you make the rules. But for the little things like the treats and I don't know, maybe it's shoes outside or it's going backwards down the slide. I'm thinking of all the things that like I don't I let my kid do that other people are like, "Wait, your kid's running around barefoot." I know. It's great for her. So, it's really important when that that you trust you find people that you trust and if they are people you trust to leave your child with, give them some grace and allow them to be their caregivers. It will not ruin your relationship with your child. It will not make your child come home and ask where X, Y, and Z if so-and-so has it. They just know, hey, my house. Hey, I want to go to Rara and Opa's house because I like their noodles. Okay. You know, I get it. But she's okay with what we have here too. Do you have anything to add to that? I know you guys have a nanny and other things. We mostly use my parents. (laughs) No, I totally agree with that. And I think it's something that I definitely remind myself of a lot because there's like, there's one thing that my nanny does that kind of like gets on my nerves and I'm just, I'm like, you know what? It's what she feeds him to for, it'd be like six times a week that it's happening. Like, cause she does it at meals. So she, in his high chair to make him eat faster, she puts his hands like down so he can't get his hands up and play with the food and then like feeds him that way. And when he does that, he'll eat like a whole ton faster and he's not like flinging food around. And it's like, I've done it here and there, but I'm like, I feel like this is so like not, I almost feel like he just kind of gives in and is like, okay, whatever, I'll eat whatever I want. And then I also feel like it makes him eat a little too fast, which I don't love because I'm all, you know, about chewing and relaxing while you're eating. (laughs) And I want him to learn that, but he eats like... And she's feeding him the food that I'm giving her. You know what I mean? Like, and it's healthy. It's like so not a big deal. So I just have to remind myself of that. Because especially since right now I want him to eat as much as possible during the day. So he does not have to eat as much at night. So I'm like, you know what? It is accomplishing that goal. 
and like I don't have to do it when I'm with him and I can do whatever feed him the way I want to so yeah I think there's just little things like that and like I feel like when she, when she's playing with him she like gets in his, his face a lot more than I I do and I like but I'm like you know what like it's good for him to learn different people are different and to deal with that and yeah so absolutely and kids and kids know I mean they know like this is what I do with so-and-so and this is what I do with you there's a usually I mean and my daughter's older so there's a usually like oh well I was able to do with this with you know I'll say rah rah nopa and hey and it's like no we don't do it here and it's not usually a fight if I say no once now we'll get into like well Oh, well, maybe just this once. That's don't ever, ever say that to your child, ever, ever in your life. Um, Good advice. (laughs) Because it's just, you know, it's, you know, and those things that you think are funny, like uh, blowing bubbles in milk, right? Like that's funny once, not 18,000 times. So it's, it is, it's, they know the difference. And there are, I will, you know, there are kids and, and I don't, you know, we don't always know who, is all listening. There are kids that need strict routines. There are kids with various diagnoses or don't have diagnoses that do not do well when their routines are strayed from. And when that's the case, then you need to make sure that your caregivers are on board with that or find different ones. But for the most part, for your typically developing child, just give yourself a break and let someone else watch your kid for a few minutes. Totally. I think it all comes back to the mindfulness and just same thing with the the co-parenting thing. It's like, what are your values and are those values being violated in any ways and or in a way that like matters enough to have that conversation? And if they are, then absolutely have that conversation. But if they're not like for me, okay, my value is my child gets fed healthy food. It's really not that big of a deal that it's not the exact way I want it to be. So totally. Perfect. Now, we are getting a little close to our time here. We wanted to talk a little bit more about kind of transitioning into mindfulness with kids. And it brings up a lot about kind of different parenting styles, some research that both Andrea and I have done and lack of research. But I think we're going to save that till next week so that we don't totally go over time. And so we have enough time to spend into parenting styles and being mindful while while you're kid, your infant, your toddler is screaming and crying. So Andrea, are you doing anything to take care of yourself this week? I am just really trying to work on getting to bed in, on time is what I'm trying to do. And so I'm going to start or I've started trying to um, dream feed. And that way I can be like, okay, I'm going to go to bed after his first dream feed and not be like, oh, I'm just going to wait around until he wakes up anyways, like around midnight and then go to bed after that, because <laughs> that's not really a good idea. I've learned. How about you? I I like that. I will say, so when my child naps at school, she does not go to bed. Oh, well, She basically goes to bed however long her nap was. So if she took an hour and a half nap, she goes to bed an hour and a half later at night um because she doesn't nap at home so she is very she has the exact amount of hours of sleep that she needs in a day if she gets it during the day she doesn't get it at night so what i've been doing is going to bed and letting my husband deal with the wake up so we still try to put her down around the same time and she just gets in and out of bed for an hour and a half which is which is tough but um so so i I will stick with your sleep thing and, and just go with that because i know that i have to get up and pee and then in the middle of the night maybe once a week or so she'll wake up and want to come into our room 
at like, I don't know, three, four, sometimes five o'clock. So I know kind of I'm on duty for that because my husband's on duty for the night. We, I don't think we ever had a conversation about it, but he prefers to stay up late and I prefer to get up early. So I don't actually prefer to get up early, but I'm better at it. (laughs) So I think that that just is, has been working out really well rather than us both trying to be like, no, go back to bed, go back to bed. And then she plays on us both and then she ends up coming into our room and then we never sleep well. So now he just, mom's, mom's in bed. We can't go in there. Mom's sleeping. And then that helps her kind of get back to bed, which is really nice. Yeah, that is. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we are going to talk about parenting styles and mindfulness in that sense. Follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Feats of Real Eats and Andrea at Life, Liberty, Health on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com. I think I almost said, like, make, I, I don't know what, some sort of other kind of makeover other than movement, but <laughs> it's all good. That, that's for another podcast today. <laughs> I knew what you meant.